0: Yes, and we're live from the beautiful deserts here in Sunny Slope, Arizona, where it couldn't be much prettier, couldn't have much better weather. Uh, You know, really pretty fantastic uh, report that Mr. Troy Barrett gave us this morning uh, on the weather, and I know we can't give him all the credit, but it certainly is nice. Anyway, happy Sunday. Welcome to the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. We have open phones and a number to call, number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, the Chuck Wall is on the mountains over here in Sunny Slope. Uh, Where to go fishing this weekend? Just about anything you want to try and grow at home. If you're growing something new and different or have a different style or a solution for our problems, we're all ears and here to learn. Anyway, the number call once more, 602 five eight two seven two seven seven KTAR. We have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. And all you have to do is give her a call and you could be up in just a few moments. Uh, we'll get right to the phones this morning. Eileen and Peoria. Good morning Eileen. Oops come on buttons. Hello Eileen there we
1: go. There we go. Okay. Hey Brian I talked to you yesterday about my lemon tree mm-hmm. and the first thing you told me to do was soak it for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember? You probably I, don't. I do
0: remember that. Yes. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little old and somewhat senile, but I do have a decent memory.
1: Well, see, that's why I'm calling back because I'm older than senile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: And I was on the road, so I couldn't write it down. So I soaked it for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. then I put fertilizer on it. Right. And I use a fruit fertilizer.
0: That's fine. Know, any, any, kind, any kind of a balanced fertilizer, not too much. Okay. And then we want to okay. let it dry between irrigation. So you want to water it probably once a week for right now.
1: Okay. Dry. And then you said five gallons once a week.
0: Right. About five. If it was a small tree, it was, and so probably five gallons weekly. huh?
1: Five gallons a week. Okay. The other thing, I have one more question. I'm in zone nine, of course, and I look at my papers and everything, and I haven't got my zucchini or squash or anything yet. Can What can I grow um, that would make it through the summer?
0: Well, you can always grow radishes, and in the summer you can grow okra. You could still plant melons if you wanted to, watermelons, cantaloupes, and those kind of things. And as long as the white flies don't eat them, you'll be fine.
1: And so the zucchini and the squash—can I do those
0: by seed uh, You know, them? you you should have planted them a couple months ago. Been better, but you, I mean, you can still plan okay. them. You know, and as long as the white—the the biggest fear we have, you know, for things uh, this time of year are white flies, and they I have know, been the the, the, the the you know the numbers have been diminishing. So it's uh, you have a better chance than you did five years ago.
2: Okay.
1: Well that sounds great. So well that's learned, all the questions I th-
0: have. Thanks for being the first caller and uh, I guess you listen to us on Saturday and Sunday. Have a nice weekend.
1: I know it. Bye bye.
0: Uh Richard and Phoenix. Good morning, Richard.
2: Yeah, good morning, Brian. Um I've got a question for you about peach trees. You know, I've got a peach tree and, and there's a lot of fruit on it, but it's all about the size of a quarter. Well,
0: well you should have you should you should have thinned it a couple months ago.
2: Okay, now, yeah. is that thinning the blossoms or thinning well, no, out the Well, no, you usually let
0: it set first, okay? So, you know, if you want to grow big, nice peaches, actually, if you're going to, you know, have a peach tree and raise it to maturity, you probably want to prune it every winter, hold its size down so it's easier to harvest. That's going to help a lot, and that's going to also, you know, thin some of the fruit. But after the flower and after the little fruit sets, when it's like pea size, then if you'll thin them out to 8 or 10 inches apart on the limbs, uh, you'll have much better quality bigger peaches.
3: Great. Okay.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks, Richard. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Doug in Surprise. Hello, Douglas. Good morning. Morning hey, to I'm you. I'm curious, if,
4: if, is there any type of weed killer I can spray on, you know, weeds in my Bermuda grass during the hot, hot summer?
0: Well, you know, during, during, the the hot summer, during the hot summer, Doug, we usually don't have too much problem with weeds in the Bermuda grass. Because the Bermuda grass will outgrow most weeds, so really there's not a lot of reason to. And you're right, all the two, four D products, the selective herbicides, like that, uh, you know, you shouldn't use when it's over 85. They can vaporize and, and kill shrubs and do different things around you. Wouldn't that wouldn't be good? Okay, so I don't, I don't think just in general though, you know, with a good healthy Bermuda grass lawn, there's a lot of reason to put herbicides on it in the summertime. What, what How about I, what, weed and feed
5: fertilizer?
0: No, that's the worst. Then it's going to go into your soil, and maybe kill your trees too. So, let the weeds be. Fertilize the lawn. Mow it short. OK, and if you really want it to come out nice, aerate it, you know, we'll get one of those aerators and aerate it and put some. Uh, yeah, I did that. OK, so if you'll just fertilize it now in water and water deep. So when you water, you know, put a measuring device so you know how much water you're putting on. Put an inch of water at a time and then let it dry. OK, and go out and check it with a screwdriver or something. Make sure it's getting dry. It'll root deeper. It'll use less water to be healthy and uh, it should be fine. And it, okay, it, well, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll kill the weeds by itself. Yeah, but the spurge, I can't get rid of that damn spurge. Well, the spurge, you have a problem. Do you, have, do you keep a ryegrass lawn in the wintertime? No. No? Well, you shouldn't have too nope. much problem with spurge. The spurge, you can control um, with pre-emergent if you would have put it on a you know a couple months ago. And to keep the. Yeah, I was spurge. going
4: to, but then I overseeded the yard. So I said, hey, I don't want to put pre-emergent on it, but I'm going to overseed it.
0: So. You overseeded it with what? Bermuda. Okay, you just put more of the seed down then. Okay. Well, that, Yeah, be you know. aerated and then overseeded. Okay. Well, that, you know, the brood of grass will choke it out. It'll win. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. Fertilize it, <laughs> feed it, water it deep, let it dry out. It'll win. All right. I'll do that. Thank uh, you very much. Thanks, Doug. Bye bye. Uh, Anna and Sun Lakes. Good morning, Anna. Good
1: morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, My question is, I have four oleander that need to be transplanted. They were planted last year, uh, a little less than a year ago, five-gallon size. They've done amazingly well, but my landscaper said they may or may not make it. My question is, what's the best thing that can be done, uh, transplant shock, whatever, to make sure that these four oleander make it.
0: Well, it's the perfect time to transplant them, Anna. They love this weather. So prune them back to five-gallon size, okay? So, prune oh, okay. them all the way back to the size they used to be because that's probably as big a root ball as you're going to get out. And hopefully, okay. this uh, landscaper guy is energetic and dig a you know big enough root ball to get them out. Uh, just by digging a trench around them, turning a shovel backwards, and trying to keep as much of the root ball intact uh, is the best way to dig them. And then you could take like a beach towel and actually roll them over, pull it underneath it, and pick them up and and pull them out of that ground that way. There's a product called Super Thrive. You can buy it anywhere, and it's a great product. Uh, developed by a friend of mine who lived to 98, actually worked till 97, and uh, he wow. was, he had the Vitamin Institute, you know, he, he was quite a man, you know, and he he maintained his business in Los Angeles and uh, he went to Stanford and all that kind of good stuff, but uh, great product, you can buy it anywhere, it really does work, I would use some of that on them. Keep them wet afterwards, you want to water them probably two or three times a week for the first few weeks, and they should be fine.
1: Thank you so much. And, again, that product is called Super Thrive.
0: You got it. Thank you. You
1: have a blessed day. You
0: as well, Anna. Bye-bye. Mm, bye. Uh, John, down in Casa Grande. Or Casa Grande. Hey. Hi, John. Hey, good, good morning, Brian. I uh, I love
6: your show as I'm commuting to work. it's uh, You're just fantastic with all your knowledge. And um, I have a couple of uh, questions. Um, What's a good fertilizer for, I've got a... couple of citrus trees and uh I, I just don't seem to get them going what would you put on them
0: well you know that the commercial citrus foods like we have one called organo pro citrus food and uh that's a very good one if you happen to be around, around one of our nurseries we have that one you might not find it everywhere but arizona's best citrus fertilizer is fine too and and most of uh-huh. these are going to be blended and they're going to have some sulfur um you in them and if you add some chelated iron too that's the difference in the one versus the other but know most of them are going to work equally well what we do on our citrus groves because we're organic is we use all chicken manure and we're not you know we're not allowed to use synthetic fertilizer on organic certified citrus so we just feed them with chicken manure and then we balance in we add a a little bit of extra um, magnesium because our soil doesn't have it down in Hyder but uh, in in the East Valley we don't use that at all but uh, you know so if you want to go organic chicken manure is great if you want to just buy a synthetic citrus food it's fine and for trees that are kind of Stunted, not really moving as fast. You can feed them once a month. So feed them right now and again about the 4th of July and then keep it up all summer and you'll get more growth that way as well. Excellent. And uh,
6: may I ask one more question? Absolutely. I want to, I want to, I haven't room for any gardens, so I want to create a like a raised bed. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a certain type of uh, depth or uh, how high you should have a raised garden bed?
0: Well, for garden vegetables, just in general, probably about a foot. You know, so if you can get the yeah. container about a foot. And, and you want to mix in some native soil with your organic mixture. You know, you don't want to uh-huh. be straight organic, and you'll have better luck. It'll retain more water and more fertilizer that way. And uh, okay, have at it. I'll tell you what. I, I grew up with a grandfather and a Ford 9N tractor, and then I married a beautiful woman who had me build this box out in the yard. And I never I gardened know. so easy as building that Martha Stewart box in the yard. So, uh, you know, good, good luck great. with it. It'll work well for you.
6: All right. Have a wonderful, blessed day, and, and to keep the show going. It's fantastic. I enjoy it.
0: Well, thank, thanks for being part of it, John. And, you know, I pay for the show, so just for all the listeners, come <laughs> in and buy plants from us or something. That's how we'll be on the air. Pre- appreciate the call. Well, uh,
6: well come in there and get some of all that material to put in, uh, in my raised bed garden. All
0: right. Thanks, John. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next up, we have Rob and Glendale. But first, we have to take a quick break for a commercial message. In the interim, you can call Shira at 602-277-5827. And you could be after Rob, Connie, Joss, or Tom on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Just see. be in this studio on Sunday mornings where I can look at the the, you know, the Sunny Slope Mountains where I hiked as a child. It's just a very special place to be. Anyway, the lines are full. We'll get right to the phones. Rob and Glendale, good morning.
5: <laughs> everything else now and i had those call shoots coming into it last year off the top and i tried to strengthen it you know uh, trimming those down a little bit now as it's blooming it's got arms coming out to the side I, I i hate for them to be too heavy and then wind up breaking later can i trim some of those new growths back
0: you know, you can always trim a lemon, Rob. My grandfather used to say the more you trim citrus, the faster they grow. Well, they do respond and put more buds back out. But of all citrus, lemons are the most vigorous and the fastest growing. And, you know, in our, in our commercial orchards, we, we pick a side. We prune something every year. We'll either knock one side off or the top off or the other side off. And we're constantly pruning lemons to keep them in form. Um you know, it's not a bad idea just to prune them moderately so the limbs don't get too heavy. But, uh, boy, if I was going to plant one tree in my house, it would be a lemon tree.
5: Oh, you're not kidding. From, from the pies to the lemonade to, to everything between and, and and cooking and fish, whatever. Thank you for your advice. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Take care, Thank Ralph. You. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, Connie in Phoenix. Good morning, Connie.
1: Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Thanks for being part a- of the program. Thank you. Okay, now we're now we're through I, all the official stuff. <laughs> okay.
1: Thank you. Okay. I have no shade at my house and now um we've been in this house forever and I tried a few mesquites and they just didn't seem to to do very well plus all the you know, the seeds and that kind of stuff. Can you recommend because I want to plant two trees and I have about forty foot by twenty foot space I'd like to shade. It's just my backyard. Um, can you recommend a good shade tree that will thrive and grow super quick?
0: Well, super quick, you know, it's kind of hard to beat a mesquite, honestly. Um, But if you want something that's going to be a lot cleaner, um, won't grow as fast this summer, but will really kick in. Now you, you can at Woodfields buy time too. We can plant big ones, but at any rate, what probably the cleanest tree to use is a red push pistachio. And what makes that nice is it doesn't, it drops all of its leaves one week a year in January. It's only bare through March and leaves back out. Um, and it'll make a, a beautiful tree, but it's not going to grow as fast as a mesquite wood. And if you want a hardy, fast mesquite, the fastest growing mesquite that we have that's really hardy is called an American mesquite. And it's a cross between a a Chilean from Chile and Argentinian, a Texan and Arizona. And they all got together and then we we called it American because, you know, American goes from Canada to Argentina. And anyway, it's a very fast growing tree and it will have more litter. You know, it's going to have a flower in the spring and it's going to drop some beans in the summer. But it will grow much faster than a uh, pistachio would.
1: are the, the beans
0: okay with animals? The beans are have been used for a food source for millennia. Okay. So okay, an, animal, animals love the beans. I mean, here in the desert, you know, usually the deer eat the beans and then rabbits will eat the beans. And, you know, and, and historically, you know, we used to be ground on matatas here in the valley and made into mm-hmm. flour. So, I mean, the mesquite's kind of the tree of life for the desert, you know, and the beans have always been very useful, you know, to our environment, but they can, you know, they also produce litter in your yard.
1: Yeah, and I love the way the mesquites give that. You can, you know, trim them to that flat look and not get hung up in the branches and stuff. So maybe I'll give an American a try and see how well, that Well,
3: I'll
0: tell you what, they're they're just a very vigorous hybrid. You know, we actually have a patent on that tree, and it it's, oh, a wonder, wow. it's a wonderful tree for speed and size. If you want something to get big, you know, you can plant one right now and expect for it to grow four or five feet by the end of the year. Well, that would be great. Well, come, come well, see us, you. Connie. Thank you. I will. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, Josh in Phoenix. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, sir.
4: I had a question in regards to uh, 11 oleander plants that I have in my yard. They're pretty mature, but I can't seem to uh, find something that keeps the suckers away uh, as far as the new growth at the bottom of the, of the plant or the base of the plant. any uh, Anything that would be... Um, helpful other than just hand-picking them.
0: (laughs) Josh, that was my job with my grandmother's oleander tree when I was five years old. was trimming off the shoots on the bottom, and uh, they're pretty, pretty prolific that way. If you'll wrap the trunk so the sun doesn't hit the area... You know, and okay. you could do that with like a piece of cardboard or something if you wanted to. Uh, we have plastic wraps that we use on our citrus trees, but you know, by wrapping it, if the sun doesn't hit, you're not going to have them bud out as much. Are yours budding? Okay. For, are, are they coming from the ground or actually out of the trunk itself?
4: Well, I mean, again, there's there's multiple. Um, there's not a single trunk. There are multiple that are coming out of the base um, of the ground, and so it, it does look like they're coming from the ground and, and from the base. Uh, but again, there's not a single stock.
0: Okay, here's here's the thing, Josh. If you when the foliage gets big enough and full enough up on the top to where that's shaded, they're not going to send out as many shoots or buds. Okay. So if, if your top of your plant's pretty dense and it shades that area, you're not going to have as much. But, you know, it's just the nature of an oleander. It's a tough plant. comes from North Africa, thrives in the desert, and uh, it's trying to protect itself. So it, the more it's shaded, the less you're going to have. That's all I can tell you. Okay. All right. Very good. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Thanks. so much. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Scottsdale. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Brian.
4: You know, that song you played, I mean, that should be Arizona's theme song. You are so beautiful, man. This place is incredible. Well, you
0: know, and that Joe Cocker, he's just so amazing, you know, with all the different styles and music. And, you know, you watched him, you know, from the Woodstock days on. And uh, quite a talented person. You'd never never believe that song could come out of Joe Cocker like that. (laughs) It doesn't (laughs) look like it, you know. Yeah.
4: Well, Anyway. I have a couple of um, Hong Kong orchids, and uh, you know, you get them; they're so beautiful. And I, I got, I got a lot of, I got a lot of trees. I mean, I could be Whitfield North, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I, uh, I, I, these trees just—I can't seem to 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 handle them. They they look beautiful for oh, I'm gonna say two three months, you know, and all of a sudden the leaves start to shrink basically you know some fall off but eventually they shrink into tiny leaves and then they they disappear
0: well tom and let it, me tell you about a hong good. kong orchid that hong kong orchids love our heat okay more than, more than most city trees much like a mesquite wood okay and if you want them to have prettier foliage and clean them all up right now if you you can prune a hong kong orchid right now in the heat okay and especially now because we're not you know, 110, yeah, we're having this great weather. If you'd go out there and yeah. prune them back today, you know, and cut a lot of that old foliage off, and then just stand back. They'll throw new buds and new foliage out in two weeks, and they'll be beautiful again. And my father, who grew a beautiful Hong Kong orchid over here in Sunny Slope, uh, he would prune his back every year, you know, kind of at the end of the summer, about the first of October. He would just butcher that tree and cut it back to nothing and thin it way out. And that tree would come back in January and be in bloom. But because he got rid of all that old foliage every fall, uh, it was a lot prettier tree.
5: Okay. Well, I'll give
4: it a try. You know, I can't believe you like that. You you know that guy from Super Thrive. I see that all the oh, time. Oh no, he you know he he was, he was the
0: most wonderful person. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest, most remiss things I ever did is he asked me to write you know a commentary for him, and I just didn't get, him to get around doing it. But he was telling me about how, oh. he, how much he, was, he could you know tell me about vitamins. But uh, yeah, his company was the Vitamin Institute, you know. And, but he was he was out working, ninety seven years old. I'd see him at trade shows all wow. across America, you know, and. Uh, yeah. He absolutely knew vitamins, and I'll tell you what, it's a great product. I don't endorse many products, but his is just good. Yeah, yeah.
4: All right, sir. Have a great day.
0: Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Uh, Donna and Gilbert. Good morning, Donna.
7: Good morning, Brian. I'm a regular listener. I uh, recently had to uh, give up one of my 27-year-old queen palm trees uh, due to trunk rot and um, the, the fronds were green and looked good right till the end. And now I hear that that soil possibly is contaminated because it's an airborne fungus, apparently. And what could be planted in that spot, near that spot?
0: You know what I'd plant if you really enjoyed that queen palm I'd plant a mule palm. And a mule palm, what it is, it's a cross between a pindo and a, and a queen, and it's much more vigorous. I mean, if you had a queen palm look good for 27 years, Donna, you, you're a very accomplished gardener, okay? That's not the easiest thing to do. And 27 years in our desert for a tropical tree is, you know, giving up a pretty good uh, pretty good life. But if you want to replace it with something that's similar, but even a little more attractive, I think, I would just plant a mule palm back in there, and I wouldn't be concerned with the fungus. Okay,
7: well- also, real quick, um, I, it's on. I live on a, one of the lake properties, mm-hmm. and um, the was right by the lake. Mm-hmm. And currently, our lake has been treated for uh, botulism. Is there any possibility that there was a crossover there that contaminated this, the tree?
0: No. I mean, when they're trying to, you know, when they when they're killing you know, basically pathogens in water, it shouldn't have been that much chemical that was put in that lake, and I don't think it would have had any effect at all on your tree.
7: Okay, good enough. Okay, yeah, I'll try the mule palm and see what happens. Oh, I think
0: I think you'll really enjoy it, Donna. Come over and see us over at the, the Gilbert store and uh and the gang out there. We have we have wonderful staff.
7: Well do. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: Bye bye. Uh let's see. Jesse in Wadell is up next. Good morning, Jesse. Hi.
1: Hi, Brian. This is Jackie. In oh hi, event.
5: Jackie. Okay.
1: Hi, hey, hey. Um, wait, My son has a shadow ash tree, and it's probably about two and a half inches in diameter at the base, and it's about maybe ten feet tall. But it's got this shiny sheen on it, and um, and that's sh- the problem is.
0: Well, it might it might have uh, some aphids or insects feeding on it, you know, and their excrement can be kind of shiny. It also could be a majestic beauty ash, which is kind of shiny by its nature. You know, either way. But
3: it's,
1: it's, it's kind of dripping like this.
0: Well, then, then, then it's probably had some, you know, different insects feeding on it. Okay. So what you could oh. do with it, you could treat it with a systemic insecticide. So if you go okay. you go out and buy like some bare systemic insecticide, you put it on, you water it in. It goes up through the tree system. It becomes toxic to the insects. You know, we're not worried about it flowering or anything this time of year to hurt any bees. So now would be a good time to do it. And that should clean up your problem.
1: Okay, I, you know, I could swear someone just sprayed it with corn syrup or something. Well, it was...
0: it's, pro- it's probably got little insects that are feeding on it, but uh, yeah, treat it with systemic and it'll be all happy. Thanks, Jackie. And it looks like Mr. Troy Barrett came into the studio, so we're going to find out what's happening in the world. In the meantime, we do have a couple lines available. You can give Sheer a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR, here on the Whitfield Nursery Garden show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR. it away like that. Anyway, beautiful morning folks. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll get right to the phones. Uh, the lines are full, but as one's gone, one will become available, and all you have to do is call Shira at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR, and you can be right in the list of uh, fun people we're talking to this morning. Richard, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Brian. I, I
2: talked to you a couple of minutes ago, but I- I- I'm i still on this peach tree. When should the, the- uh, the pruning take place on the on a peach tree. Well, the, the
0: major pruning you want to do, Richard, in January. January. Okay. What is so sh- should I select different branches or? Well, what you know, if you look at them commercially, when you go to commercial orchards, which there's you know tons of in California, what you do is kind of flatten the top of the tree out. Now, that, what that does, you take out the big you know upright spears and upright growth and, and thin that down so that the branches come out more horizontal. That makes it easier for you to harvest. Now, it it maybe you know doesn't make the tree as pretty, but it makes it if you're growing it for fruit, it's going to make it easier to harvest. We don't want it to be so tall; we can't get the fruit. And uh, well. The- So that reduction is going to help a lot.
2: Okay. That's a good idea. So if I thin this out, you know, this year, the birds love them. Oh yeah. The uh, birds love them. That's for sure. (laughs) Somebody told me to put Christmas ornaments that that would reflect the sun. But, but you know what? It, it seems like they just peck a different one the next time. Well, maybe, Richard, um,
0: maybe you can you can sing like little Richard and just get an electric guitar and go out there and give them hell, you know. But um, <laughs> Oh, there you go.
2: There you go. <laughs> but there at you any go. rate, oh, if, if, you, if,
0: you, if you don't want the birds to eat them, you have to net them. Yeah, okay. And, and, that, and if about, you reduce the size of it, then it's a lot easier to net as well.
2: All right. Can I ask you another question? Mm-hmm. Uh, about 10 feet away from this uh, peach tree, I've got two apple trees, and they're full of apples, but they're not. Also, not real big. Should I thin those, that tree, out too? If you want
0: larger ones, yes. And that should have been done in January? That should have been in right after they bloom. You know, right. another okay. way you can do this too, Richard, is if you want to do some chemical thinnings, you can actually spray vinegar, you know, on the trees when the blossoms are open. Okay. For the flu- And that'll thin them out some, too. Um, but I would recommend what we call the jar test in farming. So, you know, don't do the whole tree. Just spray a branch and see what happens, what kind of effect you have, so you know what uh, you're going to do. But with thinning apples and peaches, you can do it with vinegar, too.
2: Okay, great. Now, I want to come down and get a care from, from you guys. When should that be planted? Today. Today. <laughs> I'm not going to do it today. All right. Well, Karen,
0: citrus trees transplant very well this time of year. You know, when we plant All orchards, right. we're almost always doing them in June and July because that's when we have the labor available. But there's, so there's no June reason. In July, I could still I can still plant it. Very, very successfully on citrus. Not, not a good time for peaches, but great for citrus.
2: Yeah, okay. All right. I talked to you last year uh, before I headed to San Diego, and, and you gave me some advice how to get rid of snails. So I'm headed over there tomorrow, and uh, I appreciate that advice. It actually worked. I put the beer out there. Oh, yeah. They're, but, they're uh, party
0: animals. Hey, Richard, have a nice yeah. weekend and have fun in you San Diego. Do. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Uh, David in Phoenix. Good morning, David. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, sir. So am I. How are you? <laughs> Doing okay. I have a plant safety question. Okay.
2: Uh, I took a alternative route come from the store and uh, in this guy's front yard this whorl was like leaning 30 degrees <laughs> had some you know, sprouters there but I thought, is that thing going to be like coming down anytime soon or
0: what? Well, David, you never know for sure. You know, I mean, they do fall. Um, You know, they typically try to balance themselves. I mean, nature's an amazing thing. Everything wants to live. They'll usually put out arms to balance themselves, but it's not always successful. I mean,
2: If I was walking along the sidewalk and all of a sudden the thing goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <A couple. laughs> well, David, I've only I've only ever heard of one death by Saworo here, and it was up by Saworo Lake, and there was a a young man who decided to shoot one with a twelve gauge shotgun, Uh-oh. and uh, you know what? It killed him, uh-huh. and that's that's the only death by Saworo I've ever heard of. Hey, have, have a nice weekend, David. Bye bye. Wait. You have another one? Okay, quickly, because I got a lot of people on hold. Uh,
2: Saworo, darn near fell on me. All <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I can. But, be, I mean, these are like, you know, water-wise, they're like an oak tree falling on you.
0: No, they're not. They they fall a lot more than oak trees. David, have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Pam and Sun Lakes. Hi, Pam.
8: Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, I was wondering, have you heard? I have two questions. Um, have you heard of this company and substance that they're spraying on and going to be spraying more on our um, vegetables
7: and fruits uh, called A-P-E-L, Apeel, A-P-E-E-L? Uh, yes, I'm, I am familiar with it. So you think that's a good thing? Or
0: well, you think, for, uh, Pam, you know, we're going to be, this, this year we'll have all of our citrus certified organic, okay? And, and so it doesn't have an organic <laughs> label on it. I'm not that familiar with exactly what the product is, what we use on our citrus and uh, to preserve them is we use a wax. Okay. And it's a combination of it's an organic certified wax. And it's either a combination of, of palm oil, palm wax or, or beeswax. And it's kind of a mixture. Okay. And it's proprietary. So they don't tell us exactly what it is, but that's what it has on the label and it's certified organic. So I know that I can eat that wax. And if I want to zest one of our lemons, that you can zest our lemons and, and that's the perfectly fine. You're not putting any other chemicals in your body they are going to be harmful to you. And so that that's important to us when we grow food. You know, we have all of our food safety requirements and things. Now, this appeal is, is being used by, there's one of the largest growers of, of citrus, um, Lemonera, is going to use it on their fruit. And it probably does help some with, with life. And I'm not exactly sure that chemical analysis how it works, but you know, what we've found is that by keeping our, you know, our fruit, you know, picked ripe, number one, we don't green our, we don't gas our fruit to, to pack it, so we get a lot longer shelf life, you know, and, and realistically if you, if you go to the store, you know, Bash's, Safeway, or or any one of the other stores here in town, we sell a lot to sprouts and whole foods, uh, and buy one of our lemons, you know, I'm, I'm assured that it was picked tree ripe, and you're going to go eat it, and it's going to be a good product and healthy for you. And that's a huge concern for for us because you know i started selling oranges when i was five years old on the roadside and um eating good citrus here is just one of the the joys we have in the valley
8: amen to that and then you mentioned fishing could you
7: say a couple of your favorite uh, local lakes on the east valley oh you know you know
0: the thing about fishing here in arizona is that you know i love to fish but i also like to farm and i have a lot of work to do all the time but I, i'm not opposed to just pulling the uh Fish and pull out of the back of my truck and cast into the canals. You know, there's there's fish all over. Unfortunately, now since we have the carp in the canals, we don't have as much other fish. But uh, you know, you you can go to the lakes here around the valley, and um, I have a cousin who fishes professionally here. And uh, you know, when when you go with the guys that really fish every day, now he fishes four or five days a week, so he he always knows the hot spot. But you know, from Saguaro to Canyon to all these lakes are, are full of fish. And with all the water we've had this year, it's pretty amazing. And you know, I was driving down the I-10 freeway, but Couple of weeks ago, right as the water quit running, and there was a flock of birds fishing in the middle of the river in this pond that was left over, and they were having more fun. The fish were jumping in and out, and there was probably a hundred birds in there, you know, from cranes and everybody just partying and eating wow. all these fish. And uh, you know, the next day they turned the river back on. And they kind of flushed them out, I think. But at <laughs> anyway, wow. you know, if, if you love fishing, this is a beautiful state. You know, and at one point we had more boats for capita than any other state.
8: Does your cousin have a web by youtube
0: you know I, I i can't do an ad for him on the radio but uh, uh if you, if you if you get a hold of me through the nursery he does take uh he does take people out fishing
8: Wow, well, well, I just think that the radio should be paying you um
7: but keep up the good work
0: well, I used to get paid for the first ten years, but you know that, that times change
7: <laughs> yes, well, we all love you
0: well, thanks for being part of the program Pam. have a nice day. You too. Bye, bye. bye. Uh, Paul in Phoenix. Good morning, Paul.
5: Good morning, Brian. Thanks for your show. And Brian, this is your the the ignorant question of the day. So, just uh, excuse my silliness, Brian. I've I've had a what is it? A red pistachio. Tree or whatever. I, I'm not. I'm not good at this stuff. Uh-huh. But I've had it in the ground for about a uh, year and a half. Had a, a person put it in for me, a landscaper, and it has still has the the wood stake. Okay. And what when when do I remove the wood stake?
0: Well, ideally, Paul, what you'd like to do is take the the stake that's right up against the trunk off. Okay. And put okay. in two more stakes. But it, when you when you take it off, if it'll stand by itself, it's fine. But if, okay. if it's kind of floppy, what you want to do is put two stakes in, but loose, just so they catch it, so it can move back and forth and oh, okay. basically what it's trying to do is build caliber and character you know and it's just like us exercising so the more it can move back and forth the stronger the tree will grow so you know it's you Right along the perfect idea of getting rid of that stake is actually so a great question.
5: Even, even with the monsoon? Even with even the
0: monsoon, because the more that tree can move, the stronger it's going to be. Gotcha. And, and does that also apply for, like, I have four ficus trees in the back? Absolutely, There's- yeah. Sa- same same thing, thing, but you want to get them so that they can move. You don't want them stake rigid with one stake. Two stakes, you know, looser so that the tree can start to move, and then, you know, pretty soon you won't need stakes at all. Perfect. Sounds good, thank you, sir. Thanks for your show. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Thank you. Uh, let's see, Jesse in the Sandan Valley. Hello, Jesse.
8: Oh, hey. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a bunch of plants put in by a local uh, place out here. When the plants came in, they all had like bugs on them. They had black spots. The leaves were curling in. All of the leaves ended up getting smaller and smaller, and then eventually they just the whole plant stopped getting bigger. It didn't thrive, so. I pulled them all out. I put new ones in this year, and I'm starting to notice intermittently some of the plants are doing the same thing where they get the leaves are starting to grow back smaller. Um, And it's different types of plants. I have a peach tree that's doing it, and then I have the uh, Tacomas. Mm -hmm. And I'm wanting to know if it's um, what type of bug would be doing that, if it is a bug that's doing it.
0: Uh, Let me ask you, Jesse. Have you used any herbicides like Ortho Ground Control or?
8: Yeah, um, I was doing that, yeah, last year. This year I'm using um, a different brand that's not one of those kills it all
0: year, you okay. know, like for so, a whole so, year. So what you have, that your problem is your toxicity in your soil from the chemical. Oh, okay. okay. so it's not not really insects um it, it's toxicity from the, the chemical in the soil, and it, you know it, it has a half- life. It'll probably go away within about a year from your last application. Um, what oh, okay. you, What you can do best for your plants is just to make sure that they're very deeply watered when you water them, so water them for a long time and uh, and, and give them a light dose of the fertilizer, but they're stunted because of the poison in the soil.:
8: Oh, okay, all right. Um, and then real, real quick question green hopper bushes they when they got planted they completely fall over and so I took little bamboo sticks and put them up with it mm-hmm. but they're still real flimsy are those the type of plants that need to be up or is it okay to have them waving around
0: well the hop seeds are going to build you know they're like all plants they're going to build strength with time you know when they grown in a nursery they're growing pretty close together and they kind of lean on each other you like they're leaning on me you know they're kind of hanging out together but as they get spaced out and they get out in the sun and the wind, then they get more exercise and they're going to get stronger. A light stake that can move with the plants, the best way to to, to adapt them and grow them.
8: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Jesse. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have four lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. All you have to do is give her a call and you can be up after Susan and Gilbert. The number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTR. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTR. (laughs) Sunday morning here and it's the perfect time to call you know Shira says we have four lines available so now now is the perfect time to, and, and she's getting lonely back there but she but she is smiling so it's so a give her a call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR hi Susan and Gilbert
8: hi how are
0: you today oh we're just having fun
8: Oh, good. Two quick questions for you. We have a tangelo tree that we planted about a year and a half ago. So we got it to survive last summer. But it isn't growing super well. And we wondered, we shaded it last summer. But do we need to do that again?
0: No, here's what I recommend, Susan. Number one, is is the trunk wrapped to protect it from the sun?
8: Yeah, it is. Okay.
0: And then how often do you feed it?
8: Um we were doing just the normal with our other citrus.
0: Okay. Let's 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 uh pick up the fertilizer schedule and do it once a month from now through October. Okay. Okay. And then is it watered? How do you water it? How often does get water?
8: Um it has a well and we flood it. Um during the winter it was about every Two to three weeks, but mm-hmm. right now we've switched it to once a week.
0: Once a week's ideal. So okay. I think just a little extra fertilizer, you know, making sure that it's wrapped and leaving it in the full sun. It's going to like the full sun and um, okay. it, it'll pick up and grow faster.
8: Okay. And then is there a flower that does well in our heat in the summer, but in the shade that doesn't get much sun?
0: Well, you, begonias and impatience and those kind of things. There's one called sun patient, and some of the different begonias and impatience will actually bloom fairly well in the shade.
8: Okay, but they can stand the heat?
0: They can stand the heat. You know, and even vinca will bloom, you know, reasonably in the shade. Okay. Okay?
8: All right. Well, thanks so much for your help.
6: You have uh, a great day.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike and Scottsdale. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you today? Oh, a joy in the morning. It's pretty. <laughs> it's a,
2: we're lucky it hasn't hit us yet. but
0: uh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, it's beyond luck. It's just uh,
0: unrationally
6: good. <laughs> we're living on borrowed time. That's what I tell my uh, wife all the time. Uh, I had two crepe myrtles, and they're, um, they're about 10 feet apart, and the white one is blooming, and the red one... Is way behind. Is there? Am I doing something different? There's nothing no, the, different that
0: I'm doing. There's a lot of difference in crepe myrtle species and varieties. You know, and if your if your red one's a dynamite, it's a lot <laughs> smaller tree. You know, and yep. the white ones are the most vigorous and the fastest growing, so they're going oh. to act a lot different.
6: Okay, that's what I was. Uh, I was a little bit because it was a little late last year, and this year it's really late, and it hasn't just just hasn't kicked over like the white one.
0: So. Well, and it's it's never gonna it's never gonna grow as fast as that big white guy does. And if it's a dynamite, it's it's a really nice, compact, smaller tree. It's beautiful, dark red, but it's it's a whole different set of genetics and a lot smaller.
6: I should have known that. Now they're going to have two different sized trees.
0: Oh, that's uh, all right. You know, it's oh. a, we have different sized children. You know, and, and different kinds of dogs. It's all it's all fine.
6: <laughs> that's all I got, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank have, you.
0: Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Uh, Ron and Surprise. Hello, Ron. Good morning,
2: Brian. I love your show, and I'm in awe of what you know.
0: Well, I'm still learning, Ron. (laughs) Trust me, I've got a lot to learn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, simple question. I love cacti, and one of my cacti in particular, the one that's not growing uh, upward, but it's outgrown towards the side, and it's a fairly nice size, and I'm noticing that the green color is becoming lighter. So I, I bought Miracle Grow thinking that might help, but did I make a mistake? No, that, so, that that sh-
0: work should work around. fine, Ron. It and should. you know, and a little nitrogen probably will help it green up. How long have you had this plant?
2: Oh, I would say about a year.
0: Okay. Because they're going to get lighter in the summertime if they're in full sun. You know, okay. and, and some cactus, uh, you know, will naturally grow in the shade. In fact, even saguaros start off with a host tree, you know, up, up under a Palo Verde or mesquite mosquito or something. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, that being said, be a little bit more yellow color in the summer when the days are longer is, is normal. And then a lot of them will green up more in the wintertime.
2: Okay. So I'm not going to worry about them. I'll continue talking to them, but I'm not going to worry about them.
0: No, and miracle Grow is a fine fertilizer for cactus. No problem.
2: Great. Thanks so very much. I appreciate your help. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Well, up next, we got Chuck and Glenda, but after Chuck, it's wide open. Uh, number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Chuck.
2: Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you? Great.
0: What's hey,
2: uh, my daughter is buying a house in Surprise and it 's got four citrus trees in the backyard it 's got a it 's got rock it 's all rock and a little patch of grass in the middle and that rock goes right up to the trunks of the tree okay so i 'm going to put wells in there. How much water would those trees need on a regular basis
0: how How large are they chuck
2: well they 're probably twenty years old that 's okay. old the house is all right. So, so, I mean, there's a, a juice orange that's uh, 15 foot tall. What uh, cross streets? Where's where's the house
0: located? Uh, Reams and Bell. Reams and Bell. Okay, so you've got really pretty darn good soil in there. And uh, on a watering cycle for mature trees like that, and the heat of the summer would be weekly, okay? And in the wintertime, every two to three weeks, depending on how fast the soil drains. Uh um, do you have any idea how many gallons I would put in there? Well, what you want? Yeah, yeah, to give you an idea, like with our citrus orchards, you know, that are you know fairly mature sized trees, we're putting on 240 gallons weekly. Okay. Okay. Per tree, and uh, our soil's a little lighter. Your soil there is going to be a little heavier, so you might not need quite that much. But uh, what you want to do is you want to put about that much water on at one time, you know, so if you put a big enough well to retain that much water uh, and then come back and check it with like a screwdriver and just see when the soils dry, the top three or four inches water again. And uh, in in that area, it's probably, you know, right now, weekly would be, you know, adequate, but even in the heat of the summer, when it's 110, we know it's going to happen someday. uh, A good deep weekly irrigation should still be fine. Okay. Um, Now, if I wanted to put pre-emergent on those rocks to fight the weeds. No problem at all. But there's no reason to use it this time of year. You know, this this time of year, if you kind of kill the weeds, you're not going to get so much germinating. If you still do have some coming back up, uh, pre-emergent's a great idea. And uh, Deal, uh, Dale Deals Feed Store over there in Waddell, if you're out in that area, is a great place. Mm-hmm. And they're very knowledgeable. So if you went in there and saw Deals out there, they could help you with the pre-emergent. And that would be a good idea. I've got to let you go because we have a hard break for the hour with the news. But thanks for calling.
2: Okay, thank you, Brian. Love Bye the night. show.
0: We'll be right back after the news uh, with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Mr. Troy Barrett's coming in the studio.